Welcome back, everybody, to Screen Talk Emmy Edition. This is our first episode of the 2018 season. And, of course, we have executive editor Michael Schneider, Realm of TV, ex- expert extraordinaire. And uh, I'm the uh, interloper uh, from the film side, Ann Thompson. Um, and I uh, am loving to swan into all the best uh tv shows that i love whereas yeah. michael has to really you know pay attention closely to the granular show by show stuff all year long so michael the one question i have for you as we get started here we'll just yeah. uh look at the landscape um today there was some breaking news that only serves to illustrate how much politics are going to play in this year's race. And of course, we're talking about Roseanne Barr. Oh, yeah. I want to pass it to you. I mean, what the hell happened here? I mean, this is still, this is astounding. This is, uh, you know, as we speak, this happened this morning, and it feels like we've gone through 20 news cycles already on the whole Roseanne situation. You know, ABC uh, execs woke up this morning to yet another Roseanne Twitter storm, which... Uh, has become all too common and has been a huge headache for them for a long time. But she really stepped over the line. Now, you could argue that she's been stepping over the line for a long time. And the ABC folks should have realized this and should have known long before they brought back Roseanne. But I think they thought they would be able to keep it at bay. And I think they also thought that success might actually calm Roseanne down and, and that she would understand that she doesn't want to mess with success. But clearly she's a little off her rocker. Uh, and... You know, one person pointed out, because I've been following, as I tend to do, all this stuff on Twitter. And, you know, I mean, this is someone who inhabits right-wing Twitter, if you like, you know, I'm beyond, on film beyond. Twitter, I mean, you're on, you're on TV, Twitter. Well, she's in right-wing Twitter and in right-wing Twitter land, this kind of overtly racist lingo is familiar and comfortable, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, she doesn't seem just... to realize what she's doing. Yeah. And it's not just right-wing tw- Twitter. She's, she's like alt, far alt-right Twitter. She, she's in the same domain as, uh, you know, InfoWars and, uh, you know, th- those folks who've been peddling conspiracies and lies for so many years. I mean, she believes the whole sex pedophilia crime ring was being run out of a pizza shop in, in Washington and that Hillary Clinton eats babies and and just the the really really fringe stuff, uh, which you know is bizarre to begin with. Someone who is educated at all and and who has any sort of uh, you know position in in the world, it shocks me that they they would be so suckered in by all of this. But for her in her mainstream position to not realize that she should just shut up and 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 keep that to herself and and focus on you know, giving the folks a TV show, uh, it surprises me. Well, I think what's interesting, too, is that um, the verities of show business would dictate that if you have a hit TV show, you do not take it off the air. And they had every expectation of going forward and getting even more uh, eyeballs. Uh, don't you think this breaks the rules of, of what, I mean, it, that's what's great about it. I mean, it, it makes me happy that they did the right thing and everybody's cheering, but it's still shocking because they're breaking the rules of business as usual. 
Yeah, I you know what it reminds me of. It's it's because we are starting to see this more, mostly because of the Me Too movement. I, I mean, it was a little shocking to see Matt Lauer pulled off immediately off of the Today Show, which was a cash cow. It still is a cash cow for NBC with women uh, running it, right? Right, right, and and uh, you know uh, you know PBS and CBS quickly uh, you know pulled uh, Charlie Rose, canceled that show off of PBS, pulled him off of CBS this morning. So you are seeing this increasingly in, in that you know in this age, I think of social media, the consumer can have a little more of a say in, in terms of if these people aren't penalized or if there isn't any sort of consequence for their actions, then. Then audiences can erupt, and you know, boycotts can be had. Uh, you know, people can you know be very effective in in writing to advertisers and and convincing advertisers to pull their support. So and, that's what was about to happen, is what you've suggested. Yeah, I think you could have seen that. Uh, you know, this wouldn't have gone away. This would have dominated every news cycle when it came to ABC and especially Roseanne. So if you know, at at press tour, at any sort of Emmy event. Uh, anywhere ABC execs went or the Roseanne cast went, this would be the only thing people would talk about. And it would continue to grow and it would really impact the, that show's future anyway. You know, now is the time, by the way, that, uh, you know, this is this is upfront season. So, you know, ABC and all the networks are busy trying to sell ad time to, to advertisers. Now, up until a day ago, Roseanne was going to make them a lot of money, uh, you know, as the number one show on all of television. Well, but she that threw that away, didn't she? That would have, yeah, that would have changed. Her, as in her today. idiocy. And she put hundreds of people out of work, which is really unforgivable, I think. It's really, it's it's so unfortunate. And for what? And and for what? Because of her crackpot uh, beliefs? That's what we we ended up with. It's it's just it's a sad every yeah you know, everything about this is just sad and unfortunate. And also, and, and as long as we're talking about the Emmy race, there are people who were on Roseanne, like John Goodman um, and and Laurie Metcalf, uh, who who and Wanda Sykes, who who might have been actually up for Emmy nominations. What kind of yeah. impact do you think this is going to have on them? Well, I, I think I think they're out of the race now. You know, from what we understand, they're they're pulling, uh, uh, you know, pretty much support for Roseanne. Now, uh, it doesn't mean that they're pulling them out of potential contention. So I could, you know, could there be a but, sympathy vote for them? I'm I'm just asking you. You you know better I, than I. I don't know. I just don't think people are going to want to touch it. That's it. I, All right. I just I, I you know. I have a hard time seeing even, you know, a sympathy vote for, say, Laurie Metcalf, like you mentioned, or John Goodman. Those would be the two obvious ones. Yeah. But even that, I think it's kind of ugh. a vote for or a vote for them would still be a vote, a vote for, for the show. show okay. and for Roseanne, and yeah. no one wants to yeah. touch that. Yeah. And Sykes, of course, had withdrawn and various people were threatening to to quit the show anyway. So, yeah, I think they absolutely did the right thing. And also uh, the head of ABC is an African-American, correct? Yeah. 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 Uh, Channing Dungy, who, you know, to credit to her and, and to the whole team at, at Disney ABC for finally, you know, like realizing that this just couldn't stand this could could not be saved yeah. and that they should make a swift decision, send a statement. And they did. And would, they and, would have had to have Iger behind them, right? 
Yeah, and the thing with Iger is, you know, he was at ABC. He was the head of ABC back during the original run of Roseanne. So he has dealt with her over the years plenty. A lot of run-ins with her over the years. He knows exactly who she is. And I think, uh, you know, his tolerance for her probably wore thin long ago. Put up with her because, again, those ratings were huge. So you put up with anything. But this this was... Not too much. All right. So um, me too. What kind of impact do you think that movement has on on the race? I was looking, for example, at Jessica Walter for Arrested Development, who, of course, was part of a bit of a brouhaha um, with a New York Times story where the men uh, being interviewed with her right. uh, were supporting Jeffrey Tambor, even while she was sitting in front of them crying because he had treated her so badly. And they just seemed to turn a deaf ear to her until they read the story and realized the mistake they had made. Does this yeah. give her a kind of weird sympathy boost or not? What do you think? Uh, that's, that's, that's a good question. I mean, you know, part of the, the issue with uh, Arrested Development is that, you know, it's uh, today is uh, the 29th. It's launching today, literally two days before the end of, uh, you know, uh, the, the eligibility period. So I think Arrested was going to have a hard time anyway with, with much awards just because it's been off the radar for so long and it's coming in at the very last minute. And there's still some lingering negative buzz from the previous uh, version of it. And then you throw in the tambour stuff on top of it and it makes it a, a tough tough run for that show it read as though their goal was to sort of normalize him in some way or bring him back you know even though he had been kicked off or uh, the other show i the amazon show i don't see i don't see uh how that could could they, they did not achieve their goal let's put it that way no but uh going going back to jessica transparent Walter, of course yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so you know, of of anyone on that show, I think she's she stands the best chance probably uh, of getting a nomination at this point in uh, comedy supporting actress. But uh, it's it's probably a long shot for anyone involved with that show right now. So I did a cursory look at all the gold derby uh, categories, and as I did uh, do that, I saw the the you know the obvious dualism that occurs with the Emmys where you have these very familiar shows that have already proven themselves that have already been either nominated or won before, um, sometimes over many, many seasons. And then you have new shows. So if you were to, uh, give us a new show, say, um, a marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which has already been awarded by the Globes, the Globes and so yeah. forth, would you, uh, would you, what other shows could you see? Would, would Barry come surging forward or what, what, what do you see being a strong new entrant? Well, I think Barry's on the rise because it did do so well, um, in Love terms that of show. critics and, and it's such a great show. So, you know, I think a show like Barry benefits from the collapse of Roseanne, where, right. you know, Roseanne was still in the hunt, which, you know, is quote unquote a new show as well. Would have been in the hunt again until today. Uh, <laughs> you also have Will and Grace, which is, you know, a quote unquote new show because it's returning. And, you know, that's got a shot in the comedy category. So, you know, that's a possibility. Uh, but but of, Atlanta like, reigns supreme, correct? Atlanta, it's, Especially it's Atlanta. Especially since it was a good series yeah. again. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and this was an amazing and season. Everybody talked about it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the closest uh, to, to competitor to Atlanta is Mrs. Mrs. Maisel. Maisel. 
I agree. So, so that's a new show that does have some legs and some buzz. Um, on the drama side, you know, a, a show that's coming on strong at the last minute is Killing Eve. Uh, have you had a chance to watch it? Not yet, but it's on my list because you are correct. Everybody's raving about it. It just finished up, and it's gotten uh, nothing but great reviews. I was off at Cannes and uh, running around, so now I'm home, and I am catching up. One of the shows that I, I'm just free associating now, um, one of the shows I caught up with was Patrick Melrose, which is way down the list and doesn't seem to have much of a chance. But I have to say, Benedict Cumberbatch is as good as he's ever been in anything in this show. He's amazing. It's really well done. Have you had a chance to see that one? Uh, I started watching it. Uh, I haven't gotten too far yet, but you're right. I, I think he's always great. And and he's, you know, obviously a critical favorite. And, uh, you know, I, 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 you know, wouldn't vote against him in particular. I think... You're right. He's got a better chance than the show uh, itself. The show itself in the, in the limited run. It's him. Category. It'll be an acting thing. But, I, I suspect yeah. he has a good shot there. So, yeah. hand, in, among the dramas, it looks like Handmaid's Tale and Game of Thrones and The Crown, or and This Is Us. It's the same old. Uh, well, the Game of Thrones is back. So, coming back, does it have a better chance of dethroning, if you like, the uh, <laughs> the Handmaid's Tale? I think there's a possibility. Uh, you know. Because that wasn't about, in the running last time, right? Right, uh, and and so you know it is. It does feel neck and neck right now. Um, you know, handmaids. You still have to sort of give give the leg up to that, just because it's gravitas. the incumbent winner. Yeah, and it's got the gravitas. It's the incumbent winner. It still feels relevant, if not more relevant, mm-hmm. every year that shows on the air. Uh, you know, you could argue that maybe. People, uh, you know, could say that it got it last year, so it's 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 got its award. It's it's a tougher watch this year. I, you know, that that's a classic uh, question of how many people who vote for The Handmaid's Tale actually watch The Handmaid's Tale, um, and and are not just voting because the, it's an important show and they know they should be voting for it. I will never really know that question. What about but, The Crown? I always rave about The Crown, and it never gets where I want it to go. Especially I mean, with the popularity of the royal wedding and all this sort of thing, <laughs> why not the crown? It's in the it's in the running, you know. It's it's you know very likely to get a nomination, so maybe that's good enough for the crown. But you know, I think it's probably still, you know, maybe Down a little, the, too, yeah. I don't know, British for for <laughs> voters. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. But, and then the Americans got raves this season, whereas Westworld has seems to have disappointed some people yeah and that's why it does feel like the the momentum for westworld is going down whereas the americans momentum as we head toward the series finale could be going up it'll be intriguing to see you know this week with the finale how uh, what the reaction is and, yeah. and how that plays into its fortunes there uh you know, we've talked about this before there are just so many dramas that, you know, I haven't even, if, if we look at, I'm looking at Gold Derby right now. So if we have the top six on Gold Derby, we're still, and that includes This Is Us and Stranger Things and, and so on. Yeah. We don't even have Ozark or Killing Eve or Mindhunter, which I loved, or Homeland, which was better this season than last season, much, much better. Um, among all the other things that are hanging out there. The deuce isn't even registering, and I imagine James Franco does not help the deuce either. Well, that goes back to the, the Me, Too Me Too of it all, right? So, so you know, Me, Me Too has cleared some of these fields a bit. Uh, you know, I'll be curious. You, you mentioned Ozark. 
you know, is there some lingering bad taste uh, about Jason Bateman now yeah. because of the whole uh, Arrested Development situation? So how does that impact that show? You know, little things like that, you know, could could make a difference uh, when when a show is right on the edge of nomination or not. And again, we talk about this every year. The Academy needs to move to 10 slots for these key categories. It makes no sense in an age of 500 scripted shows to only go with six or seven. Couldn't agree with you more. I mean, well, what, well, what ha- has anyone asked them about this? What do they say? Every year we ask about it. And every year it's, you know, it's something that they discuss. It's something that's brought up during you know, the process as they, you know, uh, re- look at the rules. One year I think it will happen. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's I, I, I don't know why they, they're dragging their feet on that. But then again, you know, there, there's also the argument that there should be more categories, um, which I know the argument against that is. It's, there are they, too many they now. <laughs> they don't want to turn it to the Grammys. Is that's, that's the big thing. The Grammys, you know, has nearly 100 categories and the Emmys doesn't want to go down there. But, you know, just as music is so diverse and, and it is hard to have few categories because apples and oranges, TV is moving that same direction. And, and how do you compare all these comedies? I mean, you really going to put Barry up against the Big Bang Theory? <laughs> I mean, yes, because that's all you can do. But those are you couldn't have two more different shows. Some of the I mean, it would make sense in some ways to have best new show and do it that way. Yeah. And that's been you know, that was a category at one point, uh, I think, in like the early 70s. And that's been brought up on occasion. And I would love to see it because at least every year you would have a fresh batch. Yeah. And so at least one category, you know, it's all fresh blood. For but us, I, for we journalists, it would really be a lot better. It would yeah. give us more more to write about, frankly. I think, yeah. And I think the feeling, uh, the, the argument against it is that that category would look a lot like the, the drama or comedy category, which, you know, if, if a new show is good enough, it should compete in one of those main categories. And there's the argument against uh, awards proliferation. It's that same thing again. Yeah, so. yeah. So if we look at best actress drama, is it is, seems to be Claire Foy uh, from The Crown versus Elizabeth Moss from The Handmaid's Tale and bringing up Me Too again, or Time's Up, if you like, in the race for parity and pay, Claire Foy may have a sympathy vote there. Does that, does that factor at all? Um, I, you know, I think that helped in sort of making her a little more of a household name, yeah. uh, especially, uh, you know, in the industry. So folks who haven't watched The Crown now know who Claire Foy is. So that could make uh, somewhat of a difference in the you know, nomination process. I mean, I think she's, she's a shoe in for a nomination, but Lizzie Moss is still <laughs> from Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. I mean, she's, 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 I mean, she's so fantastic. Of course. Formidable. I mean, that's a tough competition. Um, and, yeah. And then you have Carrie Russell from The Americans and Evan Rachel Wood from Westworld. And I would argue that Clara Danes should be in there. But you would probably say she didn't make it last year. She's not going to make it this year. Yeah, I mean, you and I still love Homeland. I, most people I talked to just st- stopped watching Homeland a few years ago. They're missing out. I got to say, they, they, these, you're right. These have been some great seasons lately. And she's amazing. Fantastic and always will be. But, you know, I think people do move on with fresh blood at some point. And unfortunately for, for Claire Danes, uh, you know, people have, have moved on from, from nominating her. So so does Amelia Clark come back? Uh, does Laura Linney come in for Ozark? Does Maggie Gyllenhaal have a chance for the deuce? She was amazing in the deuce. Yeah. Wonderful I think those role. Are all, 
all good possibilities. Uh, any one of them could could jump in. Absolutely. So right. those are ones to watch. All right. And drama actor, we mentioned uh, Benedict. Uh, no, no, that's a different category. So that's we have Olympic, Sterling yeah. Brown for This Is Us again. Matthew Reese again. Kit Harrington coming back. Jonathan Groff, I think, is very good in Mindhunter. Is Mindhunter a popular show? Or what's what's going on with Mindhunter? I mean, Mindhunter was critically acclaimed. I, I don't think I wouldn't put it at the top tier of Netflix shows that people talk about. It's probably second tier. Um, but you know, people really liked Mindhunter. But this is the problem with Netflix now. Obviously, is there's is too much stuff. The volume issue yeah. is they've got so much competing. How do they the market these shows? Yeah, yeah. Although and, they're doing their events, there's a Mindhunter event on on Friday and a documentary panel on Sunday, which I happen to be moderating. She's there. You go. promoting yes, herself. Yes. Um, and then you know, there. I mean, there's there's something every. I think there's a Black Mirror one next week. I mean, they're they're certainly putting their their yeah. money behind it. Well, they 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 you know rented out that entire space uh, at the Raleigh, Raleigh studio. Raleigh, yeah. And, Turn it into, uh, you know, if, if you're big on uh, Instagram or, you know, selfies, then that's the place to go. <laughs> your photo inside the, the crown room or in front of the, the, the airport uh, staircase from Arrested Development or what have you. It's, they, they spent some money, but they're Netflix. They can spend money. So that's how they're getting the word out. That, yeah. That's the answer to the question. It's, you know, it's, it's about really pushing hard and, and you know, all these, all these networks are still sending out all those DVDs that, I, which I wrote about last week. It's that was a good story. That was fascinating oh, to me. Thank you, you think they would? It's absolutely the same psychology as 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 is operating on the Oscar side, which is that you're not going to do anything that uh, would ever risk not winning. I mean, right. you just have to do everything you can to win. Um, yeah, yeah. No one wants to be the first to say, we're not doing screeners anymore. <laughs> Although, you know, Netflix could, and then everyone would follow. I, I think everyone's begging, like sort of secretly hoping Netflix finally pulls the plug because then everyone else can sort of, you know, lean on Netflix. Well, Netflix isn't doing it, so we're not either. Yeah, yeah. I bet I bet that happens next year. So if we yeah. look at limited series, um, it's everybody seems to like the assassination of Gianni Versace. Um, yeah, and... which is interesting because I mean it's definitely no People versus OJ. It uh, you know it was a good show, but it didn't get the kind of acclaim or attention that People versus OJ did. So, so why do you think at Gold Derby, just for the sake of argument, why are they putting that at the top of the pack rather than say Twin Peaks or Looming Tower or Godless? Why why is that the one they're picking? Well, I mean, I think there there still is brand recognition from that, from the the uh, American Crime Story brand. Uh, you know, uh, obviously, uh, you know, the, the the stars were still big in it, and uh, you know, it's, it's Edward Ramirez, uh, uh, oh, Darren Chris. Darren I mean, they're, Chris? they're they're good in it. Um, you know, maybe also you know, when you look Cruz, down, yeah, look look down this list. You know, Twin Peaks was a year ago, so I'm not sure Twin Peaks gets in. I'm actually thinking that could maybe not happen. Oh, I think Twin Peaks gets in. I, I don't think it wins, but I think it gets a nomination. But when you look down this list, there isn't a huge awareness for, for any of these. I mean, Looming Tower, that's still on that Hulu. I heard that didn't get big, big ratings, um, right, it's, although it got great reviews. It was really yeah. good. I loved it. I mean, uh, Handmaid's Tale is an outlier to some degree because it's so of the moment and, and you know so strong that – you know, it sort of it transcends Hulu a little bit, 
Uh, but you know, Hulu still doesn't have the kind of penetration that Netflix or Amazon have. So I think that makes makes a little bit of a problem for for Looming Tower. Um, you know, Howard's End, kind of the same thing. It's stars, so you know, it's it's got a good shot at being nominated, but it's still it was you know, very good. Uh, yeah. Given how good the movie was, the Merchant Ivory film, I went in a little skeptical, um, and I was pretty impressed, mainly because Kenneth Lonergan wrote the screenplay, and so it's super literate and more um, dialogue <laughs> per minute than most things you see on television in a good way. I yeah. thought. And yeah, the actors no, were superb. They they were fantastic. I loved so. Haley Atwell and Matthew McFadden very much. So, um, yeah. But Godless, I loved too, and that's a western. That's Scott Frank, very much of a TV. I mean, a film uh, entity brought over to, to. It was supposed to be a film. It was supposed to be a two-hour film, and then it came over as a series uh, to Netflix uh, with Jeff Daniels. Here are two limited series with him just towering over, uh, you know, with these great performances in very different roles in Looming Tower and Godless. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, going back to Versace, you know, the, the number one thing that it has going for it is Ryan Murphy. You know, it's, it's, the, it's the Ryan Murphy machine. And, you know, even though Ryan hasn't won a ton of Emmys over the years, he's still, you know, such a brand name, so formidable in, in Hollywood. And... You know, I think people see that, and even if they didn't really spend much time with the assassination of Gianni Versace, they, they, they'll still you know, vote for it, at least push it in. And so. is, is Top of the Lake China Girl even a possibility? Oh, yeah. With I think Jane that's a possibility. And Nicole Kidman and so on? No? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a possibility, at least for And our, our girl, Elizabeth Moss. And Elizabeth Moss. There you go. Um, and then you've got a couple of, uh, outliers out there. Like you mentioned, Patrick Melrose, uh, you know, the sinner at at USA with uh, Jessica Biel actually was a crowd pleaser, did very well on the ratings. Uh, you got American Vandal, which is sort of a critical favorite, uh, you know, over at Netflix. It's, it's so different. It's much more humorous than most of the others on this list. Uh, There's Genius know, Picasso from National Geographic. Within, I I thought not Antonio Banderas was very very good, although I thought the series itself was not so not so. Strong. Yeah, I think Nat Geo does a good job though of uh, campaigning. Promoting, yeah, they do a lot of events, and this is their big thing, so that could uh, get some play. Um, yeah, so you know, I think the the top two obviously are Gianni Versace and, and Twin Peaks. And then after that, you know, the bottom, you know, four, it could be any of these that we mentioned. Okay. Um, and then we have a TV movie, which is uh, Black Mirror, which I, I can't see anything taking that away from no, that's, USS Callister. No, that's the one it that everyone remembers. Great, you and, know. And, uh, you know, you could argue, is it a TV movie because it's an installment of Black Mirror? It's a little, you know, it's a little like a lot of things with the Emmys. People play, you know, fast and loose with, <laughs> with the rules and eligibility. But it's really just an episode. Yeah, basically. because Black Mirror won last year. So, you know, it's, it's like they can keep submitting different episodes every year as a TV movie. And is that fair? Well, it's, it's legal. So, so they, why not? And yeah. by the way, it was a great episode or okay. a great movie was, <laughs> whatever you want to call superb. it it was superb whatever it was um i don't care about these rules now, now fahrenheit 451 uh also on 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 netflix uh what it, it didn't play that well i didn't get that good reviews 
No, you know, that's been the thing lately with uh, HBO films is that... Oh, it's HBO? It's not Netflix? Yeah. No, it's HBO, just like Paterno, both of which, you know, got some attention. You know, we covered both of them pretty decently, but I don't feel like either had the big kind of impact that HBO films once did. And maybe it's the way they market these shows or schedule these shows. They they both sort of, they, they come and then quickly go. Uh, you know, I thought... You know, both were good, though. You got Michael B. Jordan on Fahrenheit 451. Of course, you got Pacino acting, you know, his his face off, as usual, in Paterno. Um, so those, you know, they'll, they'll both get in. But, yeah, it doesn't feel... I'd like, like to see the tale get some some rewards for being so... Again, a Me Too story about a real... You know, Jennifer Fox, the filmmaker, this premiered at Sundance, um, you know, with Laura Dern, uh, you know, a true story of sexual assault. Yeah, and it's in it's in the mix. It's it's definitely in the running, so... Okay. Yeah, so, so uh, we we'll shall see. We'll see, yeah. Well, um, before we, we uh, uh, wear out our welcome, uh, let's wrap it up today and come back. We're going to go- come back every week. We're going to do a category every week. We'll dig in a little deeper um, into many more categories and uh, come back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, we'll be here every week talking the categories. So looking forward to it, Anne. So here we go. Emmy season <laughs> once again. <laughs> Okay.